Hello, everyone. My name is David Smith, and this is the Armchair Commentary. On this week's episode, we're chatting with Charboy's owner, Jason Burgoyne. That's right. We're not going to call him chef because he doesn't like it. Um, but Jason Burgoyne is with us. Charboys, of course, uh, if you're in the Nova Scotia area, I don't know how far out they're going to go. You can check out their website, uh, charboys.com. That's charboys with a Z.com. Uh, we'll give you all that information in the post and you'll also hear it on the podcast. But we're talking food and football. If you haven't already, please make sure to hit that subscribe button. We really do appreciate it. And we couldn't be here without supporters like you. And speaking of support, if you're able to donate to this podcast, if you're able to support us, able to help us out, head over to patreon.com slash armchair commentary. Check out the tiers. We have them as low as two or three dollars a month. Very inexpensive. Less than a Starbucks a day. Less than a star- it's less than a Starbucks once. So please, please support us if you can. So without further ado, tailgating with Charboys. Hugs and kisses, Steve. <laughs> We're back again. It's another week in sports. Um, and this week we've got something a little bit different. Uh, it has been something we've been working on for a little while. Jason Burgoyne is with us, uh, creator, mastermind, uh, one of the big people involved with Charboys. I don't want to call you the only one because I know that uh, your missus is involved with the two. Welcome to the show. You want to give the people a little bit of a rundown about what Charboys is? Well, no, no it's, let's be honest. It's all me. Uh, no one has helped me <laughs> through this whole thing, and I'm taking all the credit. No. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so Charboys, we started our business during uh, the pandemic, which is kind of crazy, which people think we're not doing it. But uh, Charboys, we, uh, we're a sort of a barbecue box. And um, what happened was I used to be a chef, and then uh, and then I became a safety officer for eight years, and then I went to put a gun to my head. So I went to go back to what I really loved doing was cooking. And uh, we tried some other things, and that's how we met Steve. It was uh, Game Day Gourmet. Uh, and now we start Charboys in the pandemic, which is a barbecue. All local ingredients get delivered to your door, and people are cooking things they've never cooked before. It's uh, it's gotten some pretty ridiculous uh, reviews. And Steve, you mentioned uh, last week that the undercover sauces uh, just needs to be made by the gallon and sold by the gallon. I don't want to like drag this out on him because I know like their social media gets imploded with it. So we'll just say that like he knows what I'm going to say because I'm sure he hears it at least once a day. But yes, it's my favorite sauce right now. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we did something with uh, actually we're getting some uh, corporate love a bit, which I never thought we'd ever get corporate love because I think I'm a bit of a, uh, a simpleton. And uh, <laughs> in, uh, anyway, so we went over and did a thing with Fairley and Stevens and we started doing like I did a, a grilled chicken on charcoal instead of like you know how you have corporate stuff that are normally on propane but we did charcoal grilled chicken and burgers and we we uh the, the undercover sauce was like uh crack i felt like i was in the movie new york uh what was that movie new york city or the new york hustle with ice <laughs> New Jack City. It's New, Jack, new City. Jack City. I'm the New Jack City of undercover sauce to Halifax. The Mino Brown of undercover sauce. Yeah. <laughs> um you're also, as you mentioned, you did Game Day Gourmet for a bit, which kind of incorporated a fun uh, challenge aspect to it where uh, you were having two competing fans uh, with the yeah. loser eating some uh, horrible concoction. Steve, you ended up on the losing end of one of yeah. these. I, I think I'm on the very first episode of it. And if you ever want to see Steve really drunk, probably the last time I was truly, really drunk, because he had me take like a, I don't want to call it a shot glass, like a wine glass of moonshine to the face. Uh, and oddly enough, the Colts lost to the Jets, who we've dedicated an entire episode to for how bad they are. <laughs> so I had to drink, what was I had to drink like Indianapolis, like it was like a chicken sandwich or something like that, I think it was. So I had to drink, if I remember correctly. I don't remember exactly, because again, I was inebriated. But yeah, I'm pretty sure I, I drank a chicken sandwich. It was, it was something else. It was an experience. Of course, I went back like two more times, I think. I think I was on it once more, and then I filled in it. I was going to fill in for somebody, but they showed up at halftime. Yeah, we, uh, what it was is, Steve, if you remember, like, you can still find us uh, doing it. So what the whole theory was, uh, we started making, like, these high-end meals from um, 
tailgate food. So if you know, for Cleveland, which I'm a diehard Browns fan, we made like the sausage and uh, French fried dog, but just moved to another level. Or the Chicago's Bears, we actually made like a bear sausage that was shot wild and stuff like that, which we we were having a blast. And what would happen is your two teams, like the Jets and the Colts, playing each other, and the winner got to enjoy this gourmet meal where the other one had to get a pureed. Um, and then for Steve, uh, we were donated at the time some moonshine from PEI. Oh. And the shot glass looks like a one-ounce shot glass, but we uh, people don't realize it's actually three and a half ounces. So uh, even if the party's a little stagnant, if your team's losing at uh, halftime, you put a three and a half ounce shot in somebody, you know what? It's just like the game shows. It gets the party livened up a bit. Eh? So for the record, I don't drink very often. One, two, I think I drink five beers during the first half because I'm trying to get loose. I, I'd never met any of these people. I'd never met Jason or his wife or anybody before. So I'm, I won't say I'm nervous. I'm an extrovert, but like, you know, I'm trying to get comfortable, so I'm guzzling beer. So if your team's losing at halftime, you have to take a shot was the concept. And that's where the moonshine came out. And um, you can still – I think the video is still on my Instagram or on your Instagram. I'm not really sure. But either way, I'm pretty much hammered by the time I swallow that thing. Pause. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you mentioned you're a Browns fan, um, a long-suffering Browns fan. Uh, obviously, uh, this season is a little bit different, or at least it has the markings of a different season, even though you just lost Odell Beckham. Um, how did you become a, a Browns fan, especially uh, in this area? So it's interesting. So I've been a Browns fan since probably 93. Um, when I got first introduced to football, my basketball coach, who lived up the road, uh, showed me my first Monday night football game. And uh, at that time, uh, it was uh, Pittsburgh playing Cleveland, right? Remember the great days of Bernie Kosar and all that stuff? And I uh, do, Webster yeah. Slaughter and Kevin Mack and Ernest Biner and Clay Matthews and all this stuff. So he's like, yeah, you're going to become a Pittsburgh fan because we've won so many Super Bowls. And I'm like, uh, fuck you. I'm not cheering for the same team you do. So I'm going to become a Browns fan. <laughs> So at that point, uh, it's so dumb, eh? It's so, and then uh, at that point, he's like, "Okay, you idiot." So every year we used to bet twenty bucks to even like I'd mow his lawn pretty much, and and he's like, "Pay me twenty bucks," uh, and we pay whoever the better record. And after like five seasons, I was like, "I'm not even betting twenty bucks against you anymore." And uh, I've gone through it all, right? So to them moving to Baltimore, and you know, so diehard, you would be pre-internet like reading sports illustrate and trying to find in, in newspapers to find out about the browns because they would never play them like you'd see them maybe once every couple years on tv and here i am now still and i'm a realist just to let you guys know i'm a realist like listen they're not they're they're getting there but they're not there i mean you could be a playoff team like i i know that seems like it might be a stretch but like you haven't had a playoff team since what 2002 so i mean if they didn't make the playoff it's a huge win i think as a, as a diehard Leafs fan for most of my life, I know we went like an insanely long stretch of making the playoffs, and just making it was enough for me. It wasn't a matter of winning; it was just making it. So there's still an outside chance of that happening. So I mean, you got that going for you at least. Well, the, the new, the new playoff here? is going to yeah. be like uh, the new playoffs with the extra team. It's like uh, I told my wife, even if we made, I've been to a lot of Browns games and stuff, and I said if we make the playoffs, I would like even if we made the Super Bowl, I'd remortgage my house because it's been such a depression my whole life. And uh, I said, it's as a Browns fan living in Nova Scotia, we'll probably make the fucking playoffs. And uh, the pandemic's going to keep me watching it on my TV at home. Here's a good question. What did you do when they went away for a few years? Uh, you know what? I almost became a Cardinals fan. Oof, Jesus. You just wanted to suffer, didn't you? The Cardinals yeah, in the 90s. Just like, uh, yeah, I was... Uh, yeah, people thought I was going to become a Ravens fan. I was like, absolutely not. And I was sort of in limbo. But then the more I read about, you know, how that team and how, uh, like, Lerner and uh, Modell and, like, this whole thing, like, that transition. But Modell, like, I was like, I was like one of those guys that, like, pissed on Modell's grave. And uh, and the way he did that and the Andre rides and stories and everything, I could go on forever. But anyways, I knew they were going to come back because I knew when the t this the fans were about to burn down the stadium and ripping the seats up and stuff that they were going to come back. So I just sort of went in limbo for a couple of years, which was probably a good thing, right? <laughs> Four years you didn't suffer, at least you know. So that's possible. Well, you did not suffer, but you did you didn't suffer. You didn't suffer at the hands of the Cleveland Browns. Um, 
what is your do you do you have like a a great Browns memory? Do you and what do you think is your worst Browns moment? Um, yeah, I don't know. My a great memory would be. I think one of my favorite memories is when they had Derek Anderson and Braylon Edwards and Kellen Winslow. Yeah, like, I mean, you think of those guys now. And when we went t- uh, 10 and 6, eh? and we th- I thought we were going to make the playoffs. And the reason we got didn't make the playoffs was because uh, the Raiders made a field goal in game, week 17. Uh, <laughs> like, that was probably one of my greatest. The other one, it, it, you're, you're going to laugh, but in my great, when they drafted Johnny Manziel, I was at my buddy's place and I absolutely like when they traded up with like, a, they got that tw- like 23rd pick, I think it was. And they uh, drafted Manziel and I got like, I was like, he's going to be the new Joe Namath of football. He's going to be the real deal. And uh, that's probably the two most exciting things of me as a Browns fan. <laughs> It's the truth. That's heartbreaking. When you say like drafting Johnny Menzel was one of like the oh my god, oh dear. I mean, we bagged on the Jets pretty bad, but when you're like when you're celebrating with Mel Kiper, you might want to take a take a bit of a minute and say, wait a minute, is Mel on my side with this? This might not be a good thing. That's a rough one. I mean, it's unfortunate. It's kind of funny because like for me as a Browns fan, right? Like I've been in such depression for so long because just trying to find a quarterback so like it's been so many times like you just you get excited and then guys bust or they and I don't even think all the quarterbacks would have been bust but just having different coaches and firing GMs and firing everyone all the time and different ownership that there was never stability then no one ever had a chance so what do you think about Baker so far uh I think he's gonna be all right I I really think he's gonna be okay I think, personally, like, people, like, it's amazing. I can't listen to the talk guys anymore because they all they do is love and hate. And, like, I, he's had four offensive coordinators. Like, you know, I just think of me being in a kitchen. And if I first started out and all of a sudden you put me on the cold t- side and then you're just like, all right, you're going to grill steaks now. Okay, wait, you're going to make desserts now. And this, that's what he's gone through. So I think Stefanski, I hate the word game manager, but... That's what he's doing. I mean, I think the theory is, and this is just me, is like like Russell Wilson. Some of these guys, like they just kind of start running the ball more. And uh, if you got a good running game, he can develop and figure it out. I mean, it's it's a pretty uh, intense offense that they're running there, and you just don't learn that overnight. So I think he'll be all right. I love people bagging on him and stuff because it's like, and I just go, he had four offensive coordinators. He's had like you know Hugh Jackson too. Like, well, he's also had on him. he's also had coaches that have instilled offensive game plans that don't work with the personnel that they've had. I mean, when you Pat Shermer, man, Pat Shermer, he was the biggest douchebag in the world, man. You seen him with the when they hired him with the Giants? I just laughed so hard, man, because I watched him with him and Mike Holgram, and I was like, this guy cannot coach football. He's like West Coast offense. He, they they don't coach to the players; they coach to the scheme, right? And it drives me nuts. I'm Gates, by the way. <laughs> I'm not coaching the players; coaching to the system. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Um, so, turning from uh, the Browns, um, when did you get kind of involved on the food side of things? Um, to to kind of like, I, I guess on the more on the, the cooking side and not necessarily just like for fun, but more as a, like a career or a, an option for a career. I, uh, it, it's funny. I, I, I grew up in the, the hard streets of Lunaburg, Nova Scotia, right? So, uh, <laughs> before I was there before it was UNESCO. So, uh, anyways, I started working at a pizzeria and, uh, and I played basketball and all that kind of stuff. And, and, uh, I, I learned how to make pizzas and stuff, and uh, eventually they're like, "What are you gonna do?" Like, my brother said to me, "He's like, what the hell are you gonna do with your life?" And he goes, "Well, you make pizzas. You probably should go to culinary school." And I went, "All right." So <laughs> I went to culinary school and I went to PEI. So I went to sh- and uh, went there and uh, got my Holland um, College and got my career going. And then I got back and and then I went to university for two and a half years and then dropped out. And I was like. I was gonna. I was studying history and sociology. You guys are laughing at that, eh? and I was like, "What the fuck am I gonna do with this?" Eh? 
Like, <laughs> the only thing I was doing in university was smoking weed and drinking beer. I was like, what am I doing here? This is the most expensive beer weed tour I've ever done in my life. <laughs> Go 10 grand in debt just to get drunk and high with a few other people your age. It's a grand uh, I'm so- and I remember my buddy, he's like, uh, I said, yeah, man, I just came back one day and I was just like, I'm dropping out. And he's like, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to go back out cooking. And I moved out west and worked at Jasper and just started my career that way after I had my uh, culinary degree. And he's like, no, you're not staying in university. I was like, what the hell am I going to do with a sociology degree and a history degree? Like, I'm not planning on being a teacher. So, uh, so that's where it all sort of sparked. Huh? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's quite a journey. Uh, from, I mean, no offense to the hard streets of Lunenburg, but all the way out to Jasper, uh, you come back and you get back involved. Now we're doing charboys. Now you've got the boxes going out. Um, you're probably asked a lot of the time, um, what is your preference? Do you, are you a coal guy? Do you like wood? Uh, do you, do you mind propane? Can you rate the three of the, of the, I guess, main sources for grilling? If we were to focus on the grilling side of things, so I always tell everyone like uh, propane. I gotta wait. I gotta make sure I don't say this inappropriately because I'm sure no say inappropriately. I've okay, seen so your answer. Um, Just give it the answer. All right. Well, pro- well, propane is like your um, your like your high school sweetheart, and you're just trying things out for the first time. And, uh, you know, it's like, it's kind of fun and it's easy eventually, but uh, charcoal is uh, the way to go for me personally is because the flavor is so much better. So it's sort of, uh, it's almost like a marriage now, right? You're always like working on your charcoal and getting some new flavors in the spices and all this stuff where propane's kind of boring, right? It's sort of like eating the same, well, I better watch what I say, but it's eating the same. No, 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 that's it. What do you think is the most underrated style of barbecue? What do I think the underrated? I don't know. Yeah. I, I think I think like charcoal is sort of underrated because I think people always like they assume it takes too long to get it going, but there's so much technology out there now that you can light up a charcoal barbecue pretty quick and like comparing it is like, you know, it's like I don't know. It's just it's way more delicious. And once you go charcoal, you'll never go back. Like, it's just, it, it blows my mind sometimes when people, and I get it if you live in, like, a condo or something like this or in an apartment, you can't have charcoal. But if someone goes and buys, and nothing against Napoleon, they have a great product or whatever, but you, they'll buy a $1,500, $2,000 propane grill. But then you could go out and buy something like, I have a, a knockoff Vision Grill or a Green Egg, and they cost the same kind of price, if not cheaper, and they have a lifetime warranty, and you'll never go wrong, and you can do so much more stuff with it. So um, I just remember as a kid, like, you know, like even my parents having a char- shitty charcoal grill, but everything always tastes so delicious, you know, just a little aluminum pan, and you get that thing fired up. It's so delicious. So I actually yeah. prefer, whenever I'm camping, I use charcoal oddly enough whenever i like whenever i'm it's not like i'll have a a coleman stove um if i was uh, you know at a cottage or something i'd have a coleman for you know using my frying pan on but i would always prefer to have even just one of those like cheapy ready charcoal like single use grills i'd prefer that over uh, anything and actually I, I would actually take wood over uh using the propane if i could um What's something that people do when they're grilling that they shouldn't? They always cook over high heat and fuck everything up. So, like, even, like, chicken, right? They're, like, people put, cook chicken over high heat and they burn it and then it's raw in the middle and they think they're going to sell them. Same with sausages, right? Sausages, people always put things on high heat and they eat. Like, if you – here's a good way to tell. Like, here's a stat for you guys. You're going to laugh, eh? 75% of people, this is a fact think they're unbelievable barbecuers so i think when i see some of my friends put up pictures and ask me and i'm like holy shit you guys were on a barn fire like i don't even know like no wonder no one's eating your shit again right and they're like oh no i had to microwave my chicken it wasn't cooked it's because uh patience and stuff like that and they don't understand so even like say something like a sausage right that's the simplest thing and this is a funny story so like even like 
I was talking to a food inspector once, and she was like, yeah, it doesn't even matter because everyone always overcooks sausages all the time. It's, you know, we don't even worry about it. They just blister open, and they fucking cook the shit out of them. And I'm like, yeah, no kidding, right? So, and they're burnt. But even sausages should be over on indirect heat, and then slowly. If your sausage splits open or, um, you know, gets a crack, and the juices don't stay inside, you've already screwed up your sausage. And people don't get that, right? So there's sort of a, that perfection thing. It's a bit of a ramble, I know, but it's pretty funny how people just, you know, it's like if you kept burning your hand, why would you keep burning your hand? Like if I, you know, it doesn't make sense, right? Yeah. But it's like food and people don't get it. I'm sorry, I'm still laughing at the part for um, people that are cooking on barn fires. I am one of those people that cooks on high heat, but I don't profess to be a great barbecue artist by any stretch. I just want it done as fast as possible because I'm fat. All right, so <laughs> well, you got to keep honest. Like, I suck at grilling. I also have a barbecue, like propane, like barbecue because I'm like, I because for the reasons you illustrated earlier, like it just takes too long. Like, it sucks. It's bland. It's flavorless. And I should have listened to like the Hill Family and King of the Hill. Do you ever watch? I'm not everyone out there has ever watched King of the Hill, but there was a whole episode of Thanks Accessory. And the whole family's like cheating on propane with charcoal for the entire episode, and it's incredible. It's one of my favorite episodes. We shared that on our social media, and only so like certain people our age would get it, and people didn't. It's like Hank Hill crying in the bed. Oh, I love, <laughs> I, I love King of the Hill. <laughs> I love King of the Hill. All oh, right. Yeah. So I guess to like switch it up here and bring it back to the Browns a bit. I came up with the concept because I don't know shit to ask questions about like barbecue. Like I, I, I feel like I would just ask you stupid redundant questions. So I was going to ask you to compare certain browns of certain barbecue dishes from like ranging variants of enjoyment, right? There's got to be something you don't like on barbecue. So when I bring up that person, I'm hoping to get that response. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I'll start with like a good brown to like ease it in for you. So we're going to start with probably the best brown of your lifetime in Joe Thomas. What would you compare Joe Thomas if he's like a barbecue dish? Like, what would he be? He's a 10-time uh, Pro Bowl. Good. Oh, yeah, he's like brisket, eh? Like he's just steady brisket, delicious. He's that durable, long lasting, slow cooking, just doesn't miss a beat, juicy, delicious. He's the best day. Eh? Isn't it amazing that Joe Thomas, like I have his jersey and he was my favorite brand through my whole life, is because he's the only one that's been stable. <laughs> also, one of like the best left tackles ever. So, I mean, like it's not like he was a bum either. So, you got that going for you. I would, I listen, I. It, uh, the AFC North put out the two best left tackles of all time. Ogden you guys know the other one? Anthony Munoz. Yeah, I, I, I'm very familiar with Ogden. Dwight Free ruined his career, so I, I'm very familiar with Jonathan Ogden. Not saying he wasn't a great left tackle. But he, he took one whiff of Dwight Freeney and decided football wasn't him for anymore. I, for him anymore. I remember vividly. All right, so I'm, I'm trying to find another noteworthy Brown. Um I want to give you a better one. Uh, God, let's go with Tim Couch because although Couch is the quarterback of the only playoff team he ever had, so when, like he got covered on our bust episode. So I want to see what you compare him to. He's like a plank salmon. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you actually had answers on deck for this. Like you had no idea this was coming. <laughs> oh, it's just he's like a plank salmon. It's like it could have been so awesome, but you know. He's just a blank salmon. Easily, out of all the Browns in the world, he's the one I feel the worst about, eh? Like, I think he just, like, he got the, like, uh, the David Carr syndrome. Like, he just never had a chance with that team. It's sort of like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, he just, like, everyone always shits on Tim Coach, but, like, if he would have had the right coach, it's it's all goes back to coach and GM again. Like, he just got his hand at, like, he had a chance. But he, um, yeah. Just fell into the into up to the sidelines, huh? All right. I was going to ask you about Marty Schottenheimer, but you didn't become a fan until '93. So I do. I listen. I know a lot about the Rams. I love Marty Ball. He, I mean, he could have won us a playoff game, but Marty Ball screwed us in a couple games too. I mean, I don't, I, don't, I, I I've discussed in the show a few times how I hate the concept that Marty was somehow choking things away because players would like fumble interceptions or drop balls like that was somehow Marty's fault. <laughs> it's like all, all, everything that's ever happened to Marty Ball were never really Marty's fault. It wasn't like you know he made a bad play call and it all went sideways. Something bad would happen, like someone would make a mistake or some brain dead thing would happen. It's like oh Marty can't win the big one. Like Marty was out there the one carrying the ball or something. I, I just I'm a huge fan of Marty Schottenheimer and the Schottenheimer coaching tree is also very good. 
So I don't understand the hate, but obviously you don't have a lot of hate for Marty. You love Marty Ball like I do, so you're okay. All right, we'll go back in a positive. Well, no, hold on, Steve. Hold on a second, though. With John Elway, if he wouldn't have played such a fucking prevent defense and let uh, John Elway run up the field, um, they weren't even they weren't even putting the blitz on or anything. They let they it was just a prevent, and that's the reason he. Uh, you can okay. watch fresh it. That's so you, ball, right? you, you, can, you can probably put one on him, and you could probably give him one in 2006, even though a charger intercepted a ball, then fumbled it, and the Patriots recovered. So like those are like the two most – like the fumble, I do not blame Marty Schottenheimer for Ernest Miner's fumble. I just refuse to t- like give that man like the blame for that. And I don't blame Miner either for that matter. But we're, we're going to move on from Marty because I can talk with Marty Schottenheimer all night. He's like one of my favorite coaches. Uh, we're going to go with a positive again. What about Joe Hayden? What would he be as a barbecue bitch? Oh, Jesus, I don't like Joe Hayden in the barbecue. Uh, I, I feel There's like uh, reaching here. OK, like if you don't want, I'll give you an alternative to Joe Hayden. Josh. No, Gordon. I love Joe Hayden. Right. Like, I think he got screwed so bad by the Sashi Brown era. So Joe Hayden was like he was the perfect like he was like a strip line man. Like he was perfect. Like he was he was a steady Eddie man. Like. Just like something that you was always consistent. You go to the grocery store, it's there, it's AAA. Like he was, it makes you happy. He was a great teammate. Like he was everything. And then they cut him, eh? And look what he's doing in Pittsburgh now. It's unfucking believe. It just Browns 101. It's so Browns 101, man. It's like all of a sudden you just like, I don't know. But he's like, he'd be a strip line for sure. <laughs> all right. What about Josh Gordon? Since I already asked about that, we'll say a little more. Josh Gordon. Oh, he's definitely like uh, he's like I he should actually you know what he should have been the brisket, but I won't say that he's like definitely the smoked like what is uh you know he's smoked ribs for sure like that guy was just smoked eh? like he was slow <laughs> smoked like perfect grilled <laughs> right. Um... Yeah, he, he he smoked up for a very long time. That's that's fair, dude. Like I can't even like I can tell you so many stories of uh, stuff about like, like even going to like Josh Gordon. I remember when Johnny Manziel. If you guys remember reading the story of Johnny Manziel and, and Josh Gordon, and they trashed that condo, and the girl posted it up, and there was like mushrooms and cocaine and whatever, and then in, in the background, like Josh Gordon is actually playing a video game. He was like, oh, I wasn't involved in any of that stuff. And it's like, yeah, sure you were, Josh, eh? You worked up there getting banged up with Johnny Manziel. I think it was in Colorado or somewhere. Beauty. I didn't know that story. I have to look that up now. Or, hey, there one a little Josh Gordon and Joe Hayden reference. Remember when Josh Gordon got suspended for, I don't know, it was the second or third time, and he was on a plane with Joe Hayden and uh, our offensive, uh, our wide receiver coach and stuff, and they were drinking on the plane and then posted on social media. And then when Josh Gordon got off the plane, when they landed, I think it was in Vegas. I, I may be wrong on Vegas, but and all of a sudden he got suspended again because he wasn't supposed to be drinking during his uh, uh, <laughs> during suspension. Yeah. Well, it wasn't during suspension. He was out of suspension, but he yeah. once he got yeah, out, yeah. he wasn't allowed to drink or smoke, and they posted on social media with the Browns coaching staff and Joe Hayden on a personal flight. Amazing. <laughs> he could have been, I, I, not in, like, he could have been the best. Huh? Like, he, like, with Brandon Whedon, like, he had, I can't even explain it, eh? Two, two, over two 200-yard games with Brandon Whedon and only played 14 games and won the uh, receiving title. Think of Mutant. Man, there's so many Browns that are like, like Jordan Cameron was really good, but unfortunately, um, life happened to her concussions that happened to Jordan Cameron. Do you ever hear the oh. story of that? I don't know if it's true or not, but that's why they did it on the league is uh, they thought they were drafting Cameron Jordan, not Jordan Cameron. That's an actual true story. Oh, come on. That's got to be a myth. I'm telling you, it's Browns 101. That's <laughs> I don't know. I, it could I don't be know if I legend, it, but that is definitely like I looked into some deep net stuff on that, and I'm pretty sure it's true. <laughs> Days got really high one night, went down a deep, dark hole of Brown's draft history to see if the story was true. He emerged saying it is probably true. It's probably uh, true. It's probably true. Wow. I mean, if nothing will put like when it comes to the franchise like this, nothing surprises me. So I, I believe it. Wow. Um, Steve, do you have any other Browns you want to add in? Uh, yeah. Well, uh, he dropped them earlier, so I'd like to throw in like one more. Uh, Braylon Edwards. I like Braylon Edwards. 
Uh, he would be like a greasy chicken because you could never hold on to it. <laughs> he did a case of drops, didn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he was from Michigan. Do you know the story? Like, I, I could talk everything. I love talking to you guys. You know, he got ran out of Cleveland by LeBron James. Eh? Did he? Yeah, look up that story. I won't say too much about it, but that's uh, they were having a, something going on at the night, and that's the reason he got traded and ran out of town. <laughs> I do remember the LeBron Braylon Edwards like tale of LeBron being involved, but I don't remember the exact specifics of what occurred. I think he took a shot at LeBron or something like that. I don't remember what it was. Yeah, I think it was at the club too when he got in some uh, of LeBron's uh, guys' faces and stuff, and they pretty much ran him out of town. And then he went to the Jets. <laughs> well, that's where careers go to die. Just ask Le'Veon Bell or um, or Cleveland. Or Cleveland. Well, Cleveland isn't that bad anymore. You guys, listen, you guys have you've gone from the obscure bounds of being the NFL's only lol cow to being the uh, pretty okay franchise. I mean, you're, you're not bad now. You're, you're actually on pace for a playoff spot, and that's pretty all right. You beat my team. Say it's great. They beat you're going to be – you're probably – and if you played the Patriots, you would beat the Patriots. Um, I want to bring it back to the NFL season that's currently going on. Um, do you think do you have it? I mean, first off, it's, it's impossible to tell. I want to say this outright. Do you have some uh, some like observations already about what's been going on in terms of uh, your team? Are you happy with the outcome so far? And uh, with the expanded playoffs, I know you already touched on it. Do you see them at least winning around? I think they're going to make it. I'm just going to say they're going to make it which might be the most uh, – it might curse your Browns and they may not make it now, but I'm going to say they're make it. If they make it, can they win a playoff round unless they play the Steelers and then they won't? Uh, yeah, it depends who they get, right? Like I think personally, I think they're just starting to cook, and I'm, not, I'm being a realist. If you would have told me last year, like it's so funny because Browns fans, we're just so used to getting kicked in the nuts all the time. So if you would have told me last year at this time we'd be 5-2, and two, like I would hug you guys, Right? So the two losses we had against Pittsburgh and Baltimore, well, they always have been our big brothers. And I always think the AFC North has always been, in reality, probably one of the strongest divisions in football. People can argue with me, but, you know, Baltimore and Pittsburgh are pretty solid all the time, right? They're pretty well-run franchise. So you yeah. had, like, Cincy. You know, you had Cincy there with Marvin Lewis, which now I think, you know, you know, he, he, he did all right when you're going against those two, and then you have the Browns. Do I think... They can win a play. It depends who they match up. I think they're just starting to cook. Um, the If they beat Vegas with their offensive line back, then, you know, we're in mediocrity, which is fine because we've never been in mediocrity before. Uh, my big – the big game for me coming up would be Tennessee. So we'll get Nick Chubb back, and if we can beat Tennessee, then we're a little bit more legit. Uh you know, people like, you know, Baltimore and Pittsburgh, I get it. We got blown out. Uh, it's a new offense. It's a new defense. I mean, Miles Garrett is going to be Defensive Player of the Year. Denzel Ward is playing fucking lights out. And that's the only two people we have on defense. Olivier Vernon's on the trade block already. Uh, so we <laughs> need to score. And uh, our offensive line, we're good. We get Chubb back, we're good. Uh, you know, this whole debate of Odell Beckham, I just want to shoot people. It's like, yeah, he's one of the best receivers around. So unfortunately, he got, rid he got injured, but he was getting double teamed, which opened a lot of things up. And I think if if they keep running the ball, as uh, any smart football team, I believe, should, uh, they'll be all right. I think they're going to oh, be all right. Start gelling more and more and more. I still couldn't believe you guys weren't running the ball when you had Nick Chubb healthy. It didn't make any sense. That was a Freddie Kitchens nightmare. Uh, just wouldn't run the ball, and I didn't understand. I mean, like, I get it. You have uh, probably one of the top five wide receiver cores on paper. With Landry and uh, OBJ, like, I mean, I just didn't understand why it wasn't happening. But uh, I think you need to run the ball more. And to be fair, the AFC North is probably the second best division in football right now. I don't know, Steve. Do you think there's other than I have the NFC West at one? I think it's just because the worst team at worst team in that division is the Niners at four and three, 
and right. uh, everybody else, everybody's over 500. I mean, it's definitely second, but I think it's locked in at second. And at the very bottom is the NFC East. So from there, I mean, also the AFC East isn't very good either. Let's be honest here. It's so. not. No, it's not. It's bad. <laughs> Other than Buffalo, it's really bad. I would uh, my argument Even Buffalo is, didn't... Sorry, my argument is, is that uh, all those other teams, though, uh, Baltimore and Pittsburgh will probably have the top five defenses in the NFL. So when you play those I think, guys, I think, I, I think the Steelers have the second best defense in football. I think the Bucks have the best defense in football. But oh yeah, I, you know. Are... But when it gets cold, Steve, when it gets cold, that's the advantage, right? The, the Pittsburgh rises. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Oh, I don't know. Do you have uh, two picks uh, for the – let's go uh, championship round. I won't make you pick Super Bowl winners because uh, I think that's unfair, even though championship isn't that much more fair. I'll tell you that I've got Steelers, Chiefs, in the AFC, um, and depending on how the NFC goes, probably Bucks and Seahawks, but I really like what the Cardinals are doing. Ooh, um, you know, we've debated – like me and my buddies have debated this. I – I really do. Listen, I think, I really think Tennessee is going to fuck shit up. I really do. And I think they're going to do it again because they just play this kind of football that we're like, Tennessee's that team you just don't talk about much, right? They're like, ah, they just made it there, but they, they just, they should have beat Pittsburgh. So, yeah, they should have. So, you know, I would like, like, I don't know. I think it might be like Tennessee, Kansas City or something crazy, right? And no one's saying that, but I just. What's that? It's going to be a repeat of last year's, what you're saying, Tennessee and Tennessee yeah. the AFC Championship. Yeah. I think it'll yeah. have the exact and same then, result. Yeah. And then on the other side, I think, listen, I, I really think Aaron Rodgers is pissed off. And I think he's really mad. And you're seeing it. And, you know, I think he's Superman. And I think it's going to go down. And I hope it does. I hope it goes to Green Bay, Seattle. I think it'd be unbelievable if that was the two. And I think Tampa Bay is there, but there's just something like, I just think when you built like with Antonio Brown and Tom Brady, like I wanted Gronk and Brown and I know their defense is good. And I listen, I love Todd Bowles. Fournette's is bomb. Like I don't, I just feel like the something's going to pop there and I don't know what it is. I'm going to be honest. I, I don't like the way that they're building the t- I just, I don't understand how you run an offense with that kind of team. I don't get it. Their defense is next level. And that's really how they've been. Uh, I mean, Tom's been throwing touchdowns, but how long can he keep it up? I don't know. I know that people have been like prognosticating the death of Tom Brady uh, in football for, I don't know, seven, eight, nine years now. And it just never happens. Um, so I don't want to rule them out. Uh, I still think Arizona and Seattle are, they're unreal. You're not wrong about Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is pissed that they took um, Jordan Love in the draft and they're trying to Brett Favre him. And he doesn't like being Brett Favre because he was, he was there firsthand when they did that to him. Uh, and I don't think he's ready to let go yet. I think he thinks it's a little too early. Uh, so he's probably a little, a uh, little frustrated with it. Yeah. I think, uh, Listen, all that stuff, I, I think Green Bay, and listen, my buddy, who I actually still think should have spent the head coach and get, I think Mike Patton is starting to get that defense rolling in Green Bay, too, for what they have. And uh, I, they're not a great defense, but they're, uh, they'll be all right as he starts to figure some things out there. And he gets shit on a lot, which I think is terrible, but I think he was the one that was, uh, he got forced. He went to keep Brian Hoyer in the game. <laughs> and they get the Johnny Manziel push, but uh, yeah, I think Green Bay is all right. I think they're going to be okay. And it's just me. I just Aaron Rodgers is the dude, man. Like I don't care. Anyone says he's the dude, and Russell Wilson is the dude. The only reason I don't think Seattle their defense is awful. This it's just is so bad. It's just a little better. They got dude out of Cincinnati, but I agree, it's it's terrible. I, I, I expect Russ to score forty every week is not really a sustainable. Way. Yeah, they just lost Carson, eh? He's a bit injured, too, so that it'd be interesting with for the running game. But maybe they'll bring Marshawn Lynch back again. <laughs> there's, there's like, 100, 100 running backs on the – I mean, they could get David Johnson for nothing. I don't know if that helps, but 
There's a, there's a couple of running backs that are on the block for sure. Uh, yeah, I don't think problems too, but yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's that's what happened. Steve, who do you have as your uh, – did you say your two there or your four yeah. picks? I'm going to go with Arizona, Tampa, and um, I, I don't want to put KC in there because everyone's so married to it. So, Listen, KC hasn't looked – all that Kansas City like, but they did add Le'Veon Bell, who I guess we'll see. Uh... Just because, just because I want to be different, even though I'm probably going to be wrong, I'm going to say it's going to be Tennessee and Pittsburgh. Ooh, like I'm it. all I'm all for Pittsburgh. I like the Pittsburgh pick. I think that they're probably one of the uh, best teams in the league right now, and they're playing unconscious. I don't think anybody in this group chat right now would disagree that if Pittsburgh won the Super Bowl, none of us would be shocked. But you know what's funny? Because I fucking hate them, eh? And, uh, uh, it's, yeah. it's funny. Old Big Ben tried to start throwing touchdowns again last week, and he threw three interceptions. So if he, you know, if he, everyone was saying, well, he was out for a year, and he understands he loves football, and he, and that was his problem before. He starts trying to chuck it too much. Um, that's why Todd Haley left because he disagreed with all the, uh, Big Ben because he wanted to do his own thing. If he stays game manager, that cliche word, but if all of a sudden Big Ben starts thinking I need to get 350 yards, they don't win much. And if he just starts in, and James Conner's looking good, but if he starts chucking around, he threw three picks last week, right? And they just, cl- uh, yeah. Anyways, I hope he keeps throwing it and I hope they don't make it to the playoffs, but they're going to. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they're going. They're going to make the playoffs. They're, aren't they the only undefeated team left? They are. Yeah. yeah. That is thanks, to, thanks to Steven Gostkowski. Ghost of Patriots <laughs> past, hunting everyone. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you out on this. I wanted to talk a little bit of uh, tailgating uh, and some food just while we're on the subject of sports and food. Um, and then I want you to kind of let the people know what you've got coming up because I know you've got a couple of things in the works. Um, do you have a food that you think is like a quintessential must have for watching the game? Uh, I'm like, I'm a big chicken fan. Like I really am. Like I think chicken is the best thing in the world. Like people come to your house, they smell it and then you have, you smoke it or you want to grill it and you have different barbecues like chicken is, or chicken wings, chicken thighs, chicken uh, chicken legs, chicken wings, any of that stuff. Like people will just mouth that stuff into them and they just love it. Like, like you can't go wrong with chicken. Sometimes people try to do things too complicated, but if you got chicken on the grill and you can buy lots of it and you can keep that stuff flowing, I think it's the, no one ever is going to go like, oh, Jesus, that was with shitty chicken wings at your buddy's place or chicken thighs or legs, eh? <laughs> what's your, um, what's your favorite food to grill? I'm, I, you know, I just obsess about stuff. So, uh, I'm all over the place. Uh, so right now to be, to be honest with you, uh, I've been on a bit of a pork, like pork trend. Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, because pork's one of those things. If you overcook it, it tastes like uh, a popcorn fart. And if you don't, it's so juicy and delicious. Right. So I don't know if you guys ever had a popcorn fart before, but it's not awesome. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know if we're eating one, but you, if you want to like go on the After Dark episode and explain what it's like to taste one of those, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> this is, you'll have the uncut version of this, and we'll talk about that. <laughs> He's like, this time, took a date to Empire Theaters, and afterwards, well, let me tell you. No. <laughs> Funny story, he talked about game day chicken. One of the game day gourmets I went to his house for, he made ch- he made chicken like, like it was chicken legs. It was like drumsticks and things. And I think I ate like eight of them. <laughs> I just couldn't stop. I, I distinctly remember I ate entirely too much and felt shame the entire rest of the game. That was two years ago, three years ago now. Yeah. yeah. I, that moment that he makes mean chicken on the grill is what I'm trying to say. You can never have too much chicken. Also, I'm fat. That's the other part of the story that I'm trying to tell. <laughs> it's good for business, chubby guys. <laughs> it is. It is. All right, Jason, what do you got coming up? Um, and I think uh, I think what we're going to do, what I'm going to do at least, um, is you've got a giveaway coming up right now, do you not? You want to tell the people about that first? Yeah, so uh, I guess the first thing, like, um, 
we're doing a thing with uh, I guess I don't even we're talking about it, United Way. So uh, they reached out to me, and uh, they're great people over there. And it's for me, it's honor to just have people reaching out and asking me for to do stuff. So uh, United Way, we're going to give away. It's a, it's really a thousand dollar prize. So eight of your friends, uh, I show up and I cook a meal for you. Uh, which is awesome. Come to your house and whatever. And, uh, you know, if you, th- I was joking today, if you think I got COVID or something, I can stand outside and freeze my ass off or whatever, and I'll still cook <laughs> to serve you. Uh, but, and then people are like, it's funny because I love getting trolled a bit or whatever. And it's like, oh, Jesus Christ, that doesn't seem like it'd be a thousand dollars. Well, I just go to people, I go, well, if eight of your friends went out and drank a bunch of beer and wine and ate food, you think you'd in, you did it at just say Jack Astor's. You think it, you, I mean, it's not that cheap. So then you get my beautiful face coming and talking to you with United Way. So I think that's a great thing. So that's uh that's sort of what we're giving away right now. So if you go on our site, uh, on our Instagram or Facebook, you can uh, sign up and the tickets are only $25. So you, you're donating $25 to a great charity. And then you might see uh, my beautiful face come to your house and uh, you and seven of your friends get me to cook for you. And you guys are working on some uh, some new boxes. Did I see that properly on your Instagram earlier today? Yeah, so we've been in isolation here because uh, we were doing events all the time. And then uh, my wife actually told me that she next time I uh, try to do my creative, she's going to lock me in a cabin like Evil Dead or something and just let me come <laughs> out after four days later with a menu idea. So we're going to be coming out with some uh, really, I'm pretty pumped on them. So with, uh, there's a couple called the Party Box. So if you, it's going to feed like we're going to have one six, uh, four to six people and then six to eight people. Uh, I'm not going to say too much, but it, you order the box, it'll show up on your door on a Friday. And all of a sudden you're going to have all kinds of wicked uh, ingredients coming uh, to your door. So you can have uh, friends over and what we've learned through this pandemic or like some people I've talked to think it's a pandemic. Uh, they are going to be locked up into their houses over this, uh, over the winter. So what they're doing is they're getting their bubble over and they're just getting party and having fun at their house. So the party box we're pretty pumped about, and then we're going to do getting ready for football, obviously going in hockey season. We're going to have like a sausage party box. So everyone loves a sausage party, right? You can never have too many sausages at a party. So uh, <laughs> we're going to have one of those going out too. So that's going to be more like uh, pretty uh, simple meats and stuff with some cool sauces. And then we're going to have uh, the other thing we're launching is it called a date night box. So, uh, for the guys, you know, and uh, maybe you'll get lucky or, uh, you know, get your tail or whatever. It's either your partners. And then uh, so we're pretty pumped on that. And then the females, too, are going to be ordering those up because then you have a nice uh, maybe cook a nice meal for your man, too. Right. And it's going to be a lot of uh, more upscale food. Uh, and then we're hoping to partner with some wineries and beer places uh, when we launch those ones, too. So that's it. That's what we're going to be doing. And they're going to be available all the time. Where can um, people find you uh, easiest, especially if they want to get and uh, if they want to order any of these boxes once they launch or if they want to find uh, Charboys? Where are you on the socials? All right. So we are on. Uh, so you can just go Charboys with a Z dot com. So you can find us there. Uh, if you go on the website right now, you're just going to see a bunch of sold out boxes. But if you give us a little follow on Facebook and Instagram, uh We'd really appreciate it, and you get to see me as much as I can to get on there. And uh, we're always doing some cool live cooking and doing some funny memes and stuff like to, like that, too. So uh, if you see us on the Instagram or on Facebook, or if you want to sign up for us on our email, you'll always get some quick offers or some free things that we uh, offer once in a while, too, or to win a free box at uh, charboys.com. How'd that sound, eh? Like, I sounded like... Uh, the uh, spokesperson like at the running man yeah. like a real pro there who was um, the guy in the running appreciate... sorry you go ahead oh sorry who was the guy in the running man no but who was the game show host uh jeez i was just having a flashback there sorry Sorry, guys, I really oh, screwed this, this, this podcast up at the end. <laughs> Who's the guy in the running man? Oh, anyway, sorry. That's fine. Steve, you had something there? 
Oh no, I just I just Steve. now it's bothering me. I want to know who it is, but I also say make sure you do follow me at Charboys on Instagram and Charboys on Facebook so you can join everyone else in harassing him to somehow make a retail version of undercover sauce. Thank you. That's all. And uh, Jason, because I appreciate what you're doing for uh, United Way, uh, I'm actually going to buy an entry into your United Way contest, uh, and we're going to give it away. We both uh, oh, to sweet. one of our listeners locally. So if someone local wants to uh, enter the contest, we're going to figure it out. Uh, follow us on social media at Armchair Commentary uh, at Armchair Common Two. Steve, where can they find you? At Steve Steel Twenty Three on Instagram, at Steve Steel Twenty Three on Twitter, and I'm just Steve Steel on Facebook. But don't add me there. I don't like you. By the way, the host on The Running Man was Richard Dawson from. Fam- there uh, we go. That's what I wanted, Steve. Thanks, bud. <laughs> Back on track, just in time. Yeah. Look, man, better late than never. I mean, I always come when you call, but I'm always on time. Like I said. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for doing this, Jason. Hey guys, thanks a lot, and you. Guys- And that does it for this week's episode of the Armchair Commentary. I'd like to thank Jason Burgoyne for coming on again. Check out Charboys if you haven't already. You definitely want to uh, get that undercover sauce if you can get your hands on it. Some of the best stuff out there. It's, uh, it's phenomenal. And stay tuned for details on the giveaway into um, Jason's charity contest right now. He's doing a giveaway. We're giving away an entry into the contest. You're not going to want to miss it. If you haven't already, make sure to hit that subscribe button. Easiest way to make sure that you don't miss a single episode of the Armchair Commentary. And lastly, if you are listening to this podcast from afar, let us know. Connect with us on social. Hit us up on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. Uh, Let us know where you're listening from. We've heard from people in Australia, Germany, Denmark, the United States, of course, Canada. Um, I want to know if we've got people in Italy. If you're listening from Ireland, let us know in the comments on our social media. We appreciate every single one of you. Couldn't do this without you. It has been a wacky, wacky week in sports. Congratulations to the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, Tough luck (laughs) pulling your best pitcher, Blake Snell, uh, so early. Congrats again to the Dodgers. Excellent and well-deserved World Series. No asterisks in my eyes. It's been a wacky week in sports. Thanks for listening. Let's do it again next week.